Welcome to Beans and Breakdowns, a podcast dedicated to bridging the gap between specialty coffee and the heavy music community. On this episode, I'm joined by Taylor Carpenter of the Nashville hardcore powerhouse that is Chamber. I was able to catch up with Taylor fresh off of their tour with Kublai Khan and I Am and talk all about their most recent release, upcoming releases, and some of his favorite Nashville coffee. So grab a fresh cup of coffee and wake the fuck up! What's going on, Caffeinated Crew? I'm here with Taylor Carpenter of the band Chamber. Uh, Taylor, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. It's good to be here. We have the same last name. No way. Yeah. Damn. Couple we Carpenters. Have, we might have a relative somewhere back there. Yeah, who knows? Well, cool, man. Uh, thanks for coming on Beans and Breakdowns on a Saturday morning. It's really uh, nice of you to chill with me for a bit. It's good to be here. Absolutely. So we're going to talk about some hardcore and, and music, of course, uh, but let's start off with the coffee. What are you drinking on your side? I actually have um, some, this coffee is called Tropical Weather. It's from a company called Onyx, which we, everybody in chamber loves Onyx. We drink a lot of Onyx coffee, um, but it's like a, it's like a nice, like kind of fruity, floral, just easy coffee, which I'm a big fan of. I like I like black coffee, but I also like all the crazy coffee drinks. I like it all. Like the tonic, espresso yeah, tonics. Yeah, I love espresso yeah. tonics and like I'll get an oat milk latte every now and then just to pop off. Are but, you a non-dairy person? Yeah, I try. I try to just like not, it just will mess up my stomach if I have too much of it. Like same thing with gluten. So mm-hmm. I'll chew like, I'll do like oat milk or hemp milk or I'm a big fan of macadamia milk and yeah. stuff like that, but Coconut milk is cool too. If you can uh, get past like the overly coconutty flavor. Yeah. That's the same thing. That's the same reason why I don't love almond milk. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm just like, oh, this tastes like nuts. It ends up sweetening it a little too much too. Exactly. Of, yeah, yeah. It's a sweeter nut. Yeah, exactly. I love that Onyx, uh, that blend. I picked mm-hmm. it up at a shop here like a while ago. I, I used it for one of my podcasts. It's like a washed and a natural Ethiopian yeah. blended together. It's super, super, super floral. It's really yeah. good. I am drinking, it's a uh, natural Colombian from nice. a roaster here in Quebec um, called Cantuc, and it's called oh, nice. La, La Granjita. So Hell yeah. My bad Spanish pronunciation <laughs> will be on the record forever. It's got a lot of good uh, like raspberry notes. It's got like a fermented red wine kind of flavor to it. Damn. So yeah, I've been a fan of natural uh, Colombians for a bit. I've kind of been stuck on it for my morning brews. Hell yeah. That's awesome. I like Colombians a lot too. So cheers, man. Cheers. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, I'm jealous. Is Onyx really easy to find over there? Um, So they used to actually sell it at uh, one of my favorite coffee shops in Nashville called Retrograde. But recently, or I think like last year, Retrograde started making their own, like roasting their own coffee. So, um, we just had to, I've just been having to order the, mm-hmm. the bags off of Onyx's website, but that has not stopped me. <laughs> it has not impeded your, uh, <laughs> your love for Onyx. Yeah. That's, I love when that happens, but I also hate it. Like when I was yeah. living in Charleston, there was a, a roaster or it was a shop first that used to serve, like, I think it was counterculture or something like that. 
And uh, I love counterculture too. Yeah. That's, that was my original like third wave specialty coffee roaster that got me into it. So that's awesome. But they started roasting. They started out with cold brew and then they started full-time roasting, which is always a blessing and a curse because it's like, yay, more roasting. But then it's also like, oh God, I got to find another shop to get (laughs) my favorite roast from. It's like, I'm pumped. I'm pumped for you, but damn, I want easier access to your coffee. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Is is Retrograde your favorite shop there? Is there some other shop you uh, prefer to go to now? It's one of my go-tos. Yeah. Retrograde. Um, I really love Sump Coffee. Mm-hmm. If you've never heard of Sump, it's yeah. incredible. Um, uh, Honest Coffee is amazing, and there's a uh, there's a company here called Eighth and Roast that's like a local owned company that's super super good as well. I think last time I was there, I was trying to find. I was actually staying in Franklin for work. Oh yeah, there's Honest. There's Honest over there. But I, I, it was kind of far from where I needed to be. So mm-hmm. I, I was able to go to like Biscuit Love and get mm-hmm. uh, some, some, is it called Mule Town? Mule, Mule Town Roast? I think something like that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I did go to Barista Parlor, which is Barista like, Parlor's killer. Yeah. It's, it's like a staple. Now, yeah. Like you got to go to see what, like that and Crema, I would say are the two biggest shops in Nashville just because they like, they're the most well-known, I think. Yeah. But- they're there. It's well-deserved. It's really good coffee. Yeah. I love that space over in the Gulch too. Cause it's just close to everything. You can yeah. walk around, go to third yeah. man. It's pretty it's awesome. sick. Well, awesome. Uh, let's kind of shift gears a bit into the music side. Yeah. Uh, when did you start playing drums? I started playing drums when I was seven or eight. Um, and it's kind of funny cause I didn't mean to, um, my dad's a musician and he plays, uh, he plays like mandolin, like, mandolin and fiddle like bluegrass stuff mm-hmm. um and my sister when my sister's like eight years older than me when so when she was like 14 and i was like six or seven she asked for drums for christmas and then she did she tried them for like two months and then immediately gave up and so my dad was trying to get me to play like any stringed instrument he could get me to play and i just was not about it right. i didn't, didn't care i like thought the guitar was fun mandolin and violin were too hard mm-hmm. and um then i i started banging on my sister's drums it was just like a shitty cb like basically like a toy drum set right and then like i i would play along to like nirvana records and stuff and i was like this is really fun and i just kind of kept going that's cool so when you started, you were obviously playing along in Nirvana. What were some other drummers that you were listening to? Um, that was, I guess I started just kind of playing along to like classic rock songs. So like Keith Moon was a, one of my earliest influences and obviously John Bonham, um, Neil Peart, um, just like the, the classic, the classic dudes, you know? Yeah. Um, but then I would, I like found punk and Bill Stevenson was a big influence on me and I found metal and Joey Jordison was a big influence on me. And it kind of like, I, I would get to every, I would, discover new music and each kind of genre of music would have a dude, a main couple dudes that I like looked up to right. still do today. Um, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. That once you hit the the Joey Jordanson, it like opens the gate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, this is, oh, this is this too. This is yeah. tech metal. Oh, this yeah. is how you play it's crazy fucking, fucking doubles. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like I lo- I'll look at the chamber stuff I write today, and it's like oh that is just like a 
I stole that from Joey Jordison or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you actually examine what you're doing, it's like, that's not me. That's just these two dudes that I <laughs> listened to for 30 you know, hours or whatever. It's fun, like watching and especially listening to Chamber. Like it's some of the most chaotic shit out right now. I would, I would say, but like a controlled chaos. Hell yeah! But then watching the playthroughs, man, it's like, how the fuck is he playing that hard and hitting that hard at the same? <laughs> like playing that fast and hard together. It's it's amazing. But yeah, now that you mentioned, it's like Joey Jordanson is like one of the heaviest fucking hitters and, oh, yeah. and almost it's cause obviously they didn't really sample anything, especially mm-hmm. on like Iowa, those first records. Yeah. Uh, and he's really hitting those blast beats at that volume. Yeah. So yeah, definitely it's crazy. Uh, yeah. I can hear that influence in, in your drumming too, for sure. Thank you. I mean, that means, that means a lot. That means a lot. Thank you. He's one of the best to ever do it for sure. Yeah, man. Uh, what about Lars? <laughs> Man, we could go on and on about Lars and <laughs> the many ways he's impacted the way I view drumming. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, that, I might not leave that in. <laughs> uh, so I, I do want to kind of nerd out for a second. Oh, about no, yeah. Here. Uh, uh, you're a Zildjian guy. Yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I just recently uh, started working with Zildjian and Vic Firth, which is super, super awesome. I'm really thankful for that opportunity. And uh, are you also endorsed by DW or is that? No, I'm not. I'm not endorsed by anybody else right now. I'm 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 on the hunt for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I've always been a huge fan of Zildjian. That's just been like I try. I messed around with Minel for a little bit. I messed mm-hmm. around with like Sabian for a little bit. I was never a huge Peisty guy. So like Zildjian, just like I could, they would never break on me or like they would break eventually, but they always lasted way longer than any other symbol. They sound so good. So I just kind of, for the past few years, I've just been playing Zildjian. And that ride you're using, that's the S series, right? Yeah, it's S rock ride. Yeah. Yeah. I got it because Jay uses it in Slipknot. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's the, that's the that's the that's the fucker he has like vertically, like you know what I mean. The one he yeah. has like basically facing him. Just, Where he's just slamming the bell on it, just yeah. to ping on. Yeah, yeah. That's all I use it for too. Is just like for like ping parts, like pinging the, on the bell, and that's yeah, it. like the blast kind of parts. And then yeah, you have like a twenty. Is it like a twenty k? crash ride or something like that yeah so actually i it's just a ride symbol i use a ride symbol as a crash mm-hmm. um it's just the, the 21 inch k sweet ride yeah because the it, it crashes so good but it has like the sustain of a ride and then i have a projection like a, a projection crash over here um 15 inch hats and a 19 inch ultra hammer china ultra hammer china yeah holy shit it's crazy. It's a 19. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. That's a weird size. Yeah. I, I, I like, uh, I'm, I'm actually like about to try to, I've had these symbols for a couple of years. I'm about to try to send them back to get new ones. Cause my tastes have changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like a smaller dude. I'm like five for five. So I, I don't know what I'm doing playing these big symbols. <laughs> I need to like chill out and get some 19s in my life. I think that's what I've been ditching my, uh, I'm, I was using a 22 ride for a crash. 
I just got a, I'm, a, I'm switching to Sabian now. Uh, nice. I have Sabian's a Sabian. awesome. The metal ride is great. It's, it's awesome. What's, uh, what's his name? Chris from Harm's Way used on Post Human. Oh, dude. That dude yeah. shreds. He shreds hard. Yeah. But I, I like messaged him and said, yo, what's that ride you're using on mm-hmm. Post Human? He was like, it's the metal ride. So then I bought like a 22 just for the bell. Yeah. Uh, and then a uh, 22 crash and then a 20 inch crash. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm like, I used to play a lot of like rock and like church music. So that's why I used big cymbals. Yeah. That's how I started too. I would play a lot at my church for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you go for that giant cymbal sustain yeah. sound, but yeah. now I just got a, a Paragon 18 brilliant crash. Nice. Nice. Fuck is it loud? Dude. Yeah. Paragon so, crashes are crazy. What is your snare? So that's a bell brass snare. Yeah. It's um it's made by a company called U-Drum. Okay. And um it's I think it's like 6.5 or 7 by 14 and it's just a hand-hammered bell brass snare that's badass. It's loud. Yeah, yeah, it sounds and the thing about like bell like like brass snares and copper snares is you can tune them to like a note. Mm-hmm. So that's why I love it because you can like actually tune it like, you know, like the rest of your drums and, and mix it into your kit really well. That's sick. Yeah. yeah. How much does it weigh? It's heavy. It's like, <laughs> I actually have never weighed it, but it's, it's like, it's a two hander for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I think U drum is actually a Canadian company. Hell yeah. Uh, they, uh, cause the drummer for Silverstein, is like a U drum artist. Oh, really? They're from, they're from Toronto. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, he was actually selling some of his kits recently online. Damn. And I kind of wanted to buy one just because I was an emo kid. But yeah, no, yeah. Well, that's, that's sick. Yeah, man. Oh, well, I appreciate you uh, nerding out for a minute. Oh, there. of course. Yeah, for <laughs> so sure. Getting into some of Chambers music, uh, it's super fast. A lot of like, polyrhythm style stuff. I I've heard people compare or read people compare some of the music to like new metal mixed with like Dillinger escape plan, uh, writing that kind of style of music. What is the process that you guys take? Cause I know there's a number of ways that people go about writing, especially, you know, a lot of switch up time signatures, meter yeah. it's all over the place. Yeah. Um, I appreciate that also. Um, we, we just, the way we've approached it has kind of changed um, with, with each record and, and with the songs we're writing now, it's kind of just been um, part by part piecing stuff together. Um, but when we're piecing together songs, we'll be sure to use a pretty similar formula for each song to make sure it's not um, oversaturated by the same kind of part. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't want to do, we don't want to ever do what people think we're going to do if that makes sense totally. too. So that's kind of a huge driving force behind the stuff we're writing right now. Um, always trying to just add more sounds and figure out ways to grow, like to grow and become able to do more um, with our band as well. Not just like play a few chords in sweeps and stuff, but right. Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that. Those are definitely, obviously, a couple of our influences. Like we love Mashuga, we love Dillinger Escape Plan for sure. Um, but uh, we also like like Hum and like yeah. not heavy bands too. So we try to let that shine through somewhat when we can as well. But um, 
yeah, it's it's honestly been kind of a confusing process right now because it's so all over the place the way we're writing mm-hmm. and just kind of focusing on each part, making sure that part's done and then saying, well, what does this part, what other part does this part go with? Right. Um, and some stuff repeats, some stuff will just happen once and you'll never fucking hear it again, you know? Um do you yeah. guys kind of collaborate in the same room when you're doing it? It's Absolutely. Like Gabe yeah. writes a full song and then brings it. Yeah. He'll, him. he'll definitely write like he'll, he'll write like a shell of a song or like um, a minute, 40 seconds of a, of a song, you know, and then he'll bring it over and we'll all be like, that should be shorter. That shouldn't be here. That should be earlier in the song. Um, you know, put chorus on that part, whatever. But mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff is, um, is Gabe just like, cranking stuff out and then us going going over it as a unit together for Taking sure. Taking it apart and yeah. Yeah. Making it chambers. Yeah, exactly. So I know that uh Jacob was living in Richmond. He he he's living in uh Greensboro, North Carolina. That's right. right Greensboro. Is he see I I don't know is it still complicated writing like, you know, music and then having him kind of do vocals on in that way or how often is he kind of pitching in? Yeah, he, uh, it's, it's a little difficult. He'll definitely, we'll, we'll have like week long sessions where he'll come down and like live. Cause Chris and I, me and our bass player live together. Mm-hmm. So we have a house together and we, we like practice downstairs and write downstairs. So when Jacob will come to town, he'll like live on the couch and Gabe will come over and then we'll all like, this is like the HQ basically. Cool. So we'll, we'll like put in group time together for sure. Um, and like, if we have a tour or whatever, he'll come, he'll come down a week before and practice with everything. But he's like, he'll contribute to riffs. Like he's written a few riffs and send them to Gabe and we'll work those into songs. And he and Gabe, um, work together on lyrics for sure. It's, it's like, it's difficult, but we make it work. Right. Yeah. I know long distance relationships are hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's tricky. You guys just came off that tour with I Am and uh, KublaiCon. Yeah, that was amazing. I was really bummed that there were no, well, there's no shows in Canada right now, but yeah, I was really bummed I couldn't go see that. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any more tours coming up talking about? Um, we have, we don't have anything else. I don't think lined up for 2021. Um, we're planning our first headlining stuff in 2022, which uh, I can't wait to announce. Um, we're taking out a couple really kick-ass bands, um, that people already know about. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be, it's going to be like, I think two or three weeks on the East coast and then two or three weeks on the West coast. It'll be like two stints, Mm -hmm. um, of a headliner, but, um, yeah, we're going to try to go back to Europe, hopefully next year, if they let Americans into Europe and, um, uh, besides that and the headliner, that's really all we have plans we have a show in knoxville with Whitechapel in oh, december shit. that's going to be cool it's like a benefit show um but besides that we're just kind of focusing on recording um we're going up to new jersey in november to record some songs to put out at the beginning of the year are y'all doing that with will uh with randy okay um and we're gonna do we're gonna do um, an ep like three or four songs to just kind of put out and tour off of. And then we're also going to go ahead and do some pre-production with Randy on our next full length when we're there as well. It's awesome. Yeah. Cost of Sacrifice. I know it came out November, right? 
October, November, during like height of the pandemic. Yeah. So yeah. But it even in the middle of the pandemic, it I seem to get a lot of really yeah. I mean, like good acclaim and review and stuff like that. We're very thankful for everybody that picked it up and checked it out. It is you can't put it into words. Really, just how how much it means to all of us for sure. And y'all did that with Randy as well. Yeah, yeah. Randy, Randy did everything on the record. He produced the hell out of it. He engineered it. Everything. Yeah, that's awesome. He's the man. Yes. It's really sick. Yeah. I, I, I love that uh, you guys have kept such like, like it's really raw and not overproduced. Yeah. Which seems to be, you know, a lot of bands are going for that now. Like uh, a lot of bands are trying to ditch the sampled, oversampled yeah. sounds. And Thank God. Yeah, I know. I think Will Putney's had a lot to do with that. Just yeah, he's amazing. He did the whole knocked loose with like, you know, the room sounds and everything like that. But yeah. I'm, I'm, I loved the, the drum sounds, especially on, on cost of sacrifice. Like Thank the kick you, man. is super punchy and not like that scooped out. Yeah. There's some sub, but there's still like a click. You, yeah. you know what I mean? It sounds That's, like a real kick drum. Exactly. Thank you. That means a lot. Fuck. Yeah. We put, we put a lot of work into those drum tones. I'm really happy with them. Yeah. It's really awesome. Thank you, man. I have my final question for you actually is, um, what is your favorite city for Beans and Breakdowns? Mm. Favorite city to listen to heavy music and get coffee? For sure. Okay. That's a good question. Damn. Okay, maybe Chicago. It might be Chicago. Because there's that corner where there's... We just hit it on this tour where there's like a... I forget the name of the venue. Um, but there's the venue. It's like, the, it's like a 500 cap venue that we play and then around the corner there's la colombe oh yeah and then right next to it is stance donuts so i always i always hit the la colombe for the draft oat milk latte oh yeah and i'll sometimes get two and then because i know i'm gonna kill that first one in like five minutes and probably walk back over and get a second one so i'll just get two while i'm there right and then go to get a stance donut and go set up my drums yeah man I had my first draft La Colombe. I was in like ORD, like on a layover and they have one, like I still stand there. Oh yeah. Yeah. And usually, you know, if you're not in Chicago, you, you can only buy the cans and right. like the, the cans are it's good. Fine. It's, it's fine, but it's not, it's, it's not, not the same. No. And yeah. I was like, I don't get the hype. Like I don't get it. So I just walked up. I'm exactly. Like, one of those draft lattes. And it was like, okay, oh, I, get I, people, I understand like, now. People, they sell that shit in Whole Foods now and everything. So like people will be drinking the La Colombe and like, or La Colombe, however you say it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I'll say, have you had the, have you been to La Colombe? And they'll be like, no, this is good though. And I'm like, mm, you have no idea. Not even you the have slightest no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the Stumptown cold brew. Yes. Like if you drink the Stumptown cold brew in the bottle, nine times out of 10, it's on the verge of sour because mm-hmm. it's been sitting there for so long. For how, yeah, whoever yeah. Who knows how long. Yeah. But getting fresh Stumptown coffee is it's crazy. Amazing. It is incredible every time. You're absolutely there's, right. Yeah. There's a reason it has gotten so much hype over the years. And it's because it's really good. Yeah, uh, exactly. Don't, don't don't drink the cold brew from. Yeah, you can't judge from the can or the bottle. You yeah, can't. It's not, that doesn't count. Yeah, not even close as good. Yeah. Well, that's that's awesome. I uh, I'm happy you said Chicago. I also love. Uh, I think it's Baltimore. There's a shop called Ceremony. 
I don't know, but that sounds cool because I like the band ceremony. Oh, yeah, me too. But whenever we play Baltimore, I think there's a shop we go to every time because we love it so much. It's called Ceremony. So I can give that a shout out to you if I can. I've never, uh, I haven't spent a lot of time in Baltimore. I spent a lot of time outside of Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. But that's just country and horses and stuff. Yeah. Well, awesome. I I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and hanging out, uh, talking about drums and hardcore and coffee and all that fun stuff <laughs> dude absolutely i appreciate you having me on seriously uh and uh you know i hope you guys get all this recording stuff done um i'll definitely be looking out for some of those shows hopefully you guys can come to canada because that would be sick yeah we're definitely gonna try to we we love canada yeah we lo- we love playing canada absolutely as soon as we can we'll, we'll yeah. be back definitely and There's thanks some, uh... thanks for checking out the drum videos also that seriously means a lot yeah, for sure. Everybody listening, if you have not looked at the drum playthrough videos on YouTube, you can literally just look up Taylor Carpenter drum playthrough. Yeah. And there's like f- three videos. Yeah. I'm, I'm really going to post, I'm going to post three more in the next coming month, month and a half or so. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Thank you, man. Uh, I appreciate and, uh, you. Take care. Same to you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beans and Breakdowns. Want to give a special shout out for Taylor for hanging out with me to talk about chamber, drumming, and coffee. Uh, I really enjoyed our chat. Be sure to check out Cost of Sacrifice, available on all listening platforms, and give them a follow on Instagram at Chamber Nashville. Also, be sure to check out the drum playthrough videos on Taylor's YouTube. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. You can also find us on the web at beansandbreakdowns.com and follow us on Instagram at beansandbreakdowns. Until next week, be sure to stay caffeinated and wake the fuck up. Beans and Breakdowns.